When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Tunes and Tumblers fam. Before we get to the show today, we actually have something we've never done before. We have a uh, a new sponsor daddy that we need to promote. Um, it, it, was a, it was a hard uh, fought war, but we decided that we needed to start doing ads now. Because Why was that, Ryan? Why, why do we need to do ads? The biggest thing is that we've been trying to save up for a, um, a Greyhound bus ticket for Drew to go find his cockatoo that he left behind at a station in um, Paris, Texas. So the way you can help us out and help Drew get back his, his beloved cockatoo <laughs> is <laughs> by checking out Anchor.fm. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the way that we distribute our podcasts, and it's the easiest way to make one. Uh, Pedro, what is great about Anchor? Oh my god, what's not great about Anchor? It's free. You have no excuses. It is free. I don't care what your financial status is. It is free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer in case, you know, you suck at editing or maybe you've had a few too many drinks and you need some help. They can do it for you. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. You just sit back and it will throw it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms and the best part is you can make money with no minimum listenership. It's literally everything you need in one place. If it's your first time and you want to get into the podcast game, this is how you do it. Yeah, so download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Please, please, this Greyhound bus ticket will not buy itself. Hello, friends. This is producer Drew. want to let you all know before you listen that we had a little technical issue. And uh, just a word of advice for any of you young podcast producers out there, uh, always record a backup because the backup is what you're about to hear. This is just a warning. It's going to sound a little different than what you're used to, but it still has all the great stuff you've come to know and love on Tunes and Tumblers. So please enjoy this interview with Abby the Nomad. Welcome to Tunes and Tumblers by Atwood Magazine. Listening to music is more than just an auditory experience. Tunes and Tumblers explores the way our senses mingle by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail recipes. We invite you to bring out your inner mixologist as we approach the music we love from a unique, immersive, and thoroughly delicious perspective. So put up your feet and enjoy a cold one on us. I'm your host, Anthony, and today has been a long one. I woke up, I went to therapy, I was in school for six hours, and then I drove to Culver City to pick up a dresser. I am exhausted, and I think it's time I kicked off my shoes, put on some tunes, and paired them with some delectable handcrafted cocktails that definitely do best in an audio medium. Please enjoy responsibly. As we all know, drinking alone is a sad, sad business, so I paid a couple of dudes on Cameo to hang out with me for an hour, and they are... Ryan, your music connoisseur. What up, what up? It's Pedro, your mixologist. Smash that subscribe button. <laughs> 
And our guest today is a globetrotter in the truest sense. He was born in India and lived in a total of eight countries before the age of 21, currently making his home in Austin, Texas. He's a socially conscious rapper and singer noted for a high energy blend of hip hop, alternative rock, funk, and R&B that you can find in spades on his albums Marbled and Modern Trash. We're just lucky it's a pandemic or who knows if we'd be able to track him down. Tunes and Tumblers fam, please welcome Abby the Nomad to the show. Yeah, my whole thing is my own thing. Going back to my old ways. Back then I knew white hoes who were pipe bros for both face. Now I got me a white bro, that's a life sentence and a full play. Love your dog, no hoes chase me. She be done to catch a whole case. Gang, gang, what the fuck is up? Hey, Abby, thank you for joining us. Thank you for logging on. As a nomad, uh, where would you be right now if not for the whole COVID situation? Cabo. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even have to think. Easy choice. Easy choice, Cabo. It's funny that you mentioned that because at the very beginning of the pandemic, when everything started going to shit, a bunch of resorts in Cancun were uh, just like started liquidating all of their hotels. And I picked up a four night stay at like a five star place for $150. Oh my and God. Like they, they're like, yeah, and you got 18 months to travel, but we are coming up on that. And I'm like, is, is it even going to happen? <laughs> they're like, yeah, no, no, no. You can totally, yeah, they're like, you can totally come. As long as it's been 18 months, also, you can't get any of this money back. Well, there's a, there's a we'll conspiracy. There's a conspiracy theory there somewhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> COVID extended by Marriott Resort. <laughs> I think you're on to something. Maybe we've cracked the whole case. Continental virus? Mm. All right. Well, I think it's time we moved on and started building the episode playlist. What has everyone been listening to this week? The uh, There's this artist I like a lot called Fote. this Brooklyn-based electronic artist. And he released an album on Bandcamp last year called On Hold, which is a series of musical pieces derived entirely from uh, call waiting music. Mm, so he wow. like recorded all of wow. it and turned it. I mean, it's sort of like an ambient ish project. They're not really songs in that sense. It's more sort of like oral landscapes, you know, but he's going to press it to vinyl through his label Mexican summer. And he just put out the first, uh, single <laughs> <laughs> single seems like a, the wrong word here, but <laughs> the first single roaming is now available to stream on Spotify. So I was diving into that. And thinking, man, what a great idea. But the latest thing in pandemic, I feel like, would be an album of sounds of people's dogs and children <laughs> who you're dealing with in customer service. You know? <laughs> that would be a good updated version. But anyway, it's really cool. I recommend it. Nice. It sounds like our previous guest, Josh Spears, would love that album, seeing as he samples dogs and, and natural sounds. <laughs> That's such yeah, a cool and cat litter. <laughs> Yeah, Fote's a, he's a, yeah, he's a great, great artist. Big fan. Lately, I just, I've been digging back into an old favorite of mine, Total Giovanni. I don't think they've released anything since like 2018. Um, they're like an electro dance group from Australia. And I've just, I don't know, lately I've been eating something to sort of lift my spirits and get my energy up. And I love dance music. So a few of their hits I, I really love are uh, When We Break and Your Light. Um, their whole album, Euphoria, is great. So anyone who hasn't checked them out, um, check them out. Total Giovanni. That's dope. I've never heard of them. I've never heard of both of these artists. I'm, <laughs> I'm about to say the most the most basic ass shit you've ever heard of. Them. <laughs> you guys are helping people discover music. Uh, I was gonna say "Cut Him In" by Anderson Pack, 
I've been listening to a lot yeah. featuring Rick Ross. It's just so it makes me feel so badass. I listen to it in the morning when I get up and I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to like take this day and make it my bitch. You know? <laughs> it's a feeling I want. I want music to give me. We all need that these days. Oh, absolutely. Well, unfortunately, mine has nothing to do with making the day my bitch. Um, and this might be cheating a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but because I've mentioned this guy before, I rediscovered Bometheus's Sweet Nothings album like really last night because, uh, spoiler alert, he has representation now with a good friend of the pod, uh, Culture Hype, and Wendy over there, which, you know, confluence. It's amazing that all these people, it's the Tunes and Tumblers connection. We're the ones who made it happen. <laughs> we are the center of everything. <laughs> yeah. So he has a new album coming out in March. Um, but I, because I saw that, I revisited his album that, it's, it's one of the albums that changed my life, really. Like, I got an unsolicited message on Twitter from like some guy I'd never heard of being like, Hey, do you want to check out my album? And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll throw that <laughs> to the back of the catalog. And I don't know, something made me pick it up and I listened to it and I listened to it and I listened to it. I think I, the first time I listened, I put it on a loop three times and I was like, wait a minute, is this like the best album I've ever heard? <laughs> and it might be, it, it, it might be the more that I sit with it. And it's been almost two years now. Like I think that sweet nothings by Bometheus, this Baroque pop, uh, this Baroque folk album by a guy in, uh, in Dallas, Texas that I'd never heard of before, like created some like real shit, like on his own. Um, check that out. If you just want to get into your feelings about like, coming of age and realizing that everything is not as good as you thought it was and how uh, the life of a musician is a lonely one and you have to give up certain things to make that happen. It's, it's not easy listening, but I fucking love it. Bometheus. How do you spell it? Uh, so it's B O M E. Oh yeah. It's probably, it's just how you uh, think it would be spelled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got it. We have to say everything now, how we would, how a cut customer service person would like on hold you know like b as in boy o as in <laughs> owl i'd be so bad i'm so bad at that i'm so bad at coming up with the words i'm so right terrible there. at it because i'm so immature that every time there's like a v or p I'm like vagina penis and then i can't figure it out uh, on the customer service line excuse me sir <laughs> i think a while ago the bare naked ladies did like a children's album and they did an alphabet song but it's all words that have like silent letters so like A is for Isle, <laughs> B is for Delium, C is for Czar. <laughs> That's good. That's funny. Yeah. Take All that, right. kids. <laughs> Abby, welcome to the Tunes and Tumblers bar. It's really more of a state of mind than an actual bar, and I'll show you what I mean. Ryan, can you tell him about the bouncer that we have outside here? It's a lot. It's a lot. So this, yeah. There was someone named Gerald Highwater who was mentioned earlier who's... I'm not exactly sure what his status is, but we have a guy called Tarek Olson II who's taken up the reins as the bouncer for the bar. And uh, he was formerly a human hotspot out in the uh, Antelope <laughs> Valley. And so he's here now and he, you know, he kind of just does odd jobs here and there. He does, you know, various scams, you know. Wow. He, um, he'll go outside like a house that leaves its tools out or stuff lying around and then he'll kind of, he'll slip and fall on his back. And then sue the homeowner for negligence. And he makes a lot of money that way. He he's currently trying to short uh, the. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now he's trying to short 
you mentioned trying to short uh, the Build-A-Bear stock. I don't know how that's going to work. That's the latest. So don't let him go on. You can't get caught in his wake. Don't let him go on, go on too long. Just show him what you got, and you can get in usually no problems. So. Well, I, he sounds like a smart guy. I'll say that much. Really, he's better suited to this job than our last guy who just went through hell. We need yeah. somebody who's just as uh, resilient as this fucking place. <laughs> anyway, do you he's have forward a- thinking and he's not afraid to let us in on the uh, let you in on the scams, which I admire. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's 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 really cool of him. I like people like that. <laughs> Well, Abby, do you have a piece of ID to show uh, this crazy creature that we've described? <laughs> yes, I do. Actually, it came by coincidence today. Uh, I have the one and only uh, undisputed and unstoppable chicken finger from Raising Canes, which represents me <laughs> as a form of ID uh, to, the, to the highest compliment. Packed with flavor, just the right amount of spicy, <laughs> saucy when you need it to be. And extremely underrated. Oh my god! <laughs> yes. Wow. Tunes and tumblers definitely not brought to you by raising kids. No, no affiliation. Sponsors welcome. Wait, is, oh is there? Oh, that's right. You're in Austin. Good lord. I kept thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Damn. You were hoping that we could find a raising canes around you here. You can. Ryan. You can. It's in South OC. It's not near you though. Oh. South Orange County. Looks like we're making a trip. Yeah. That's amazing that you know that. Well, I used to live in LA. My my wife's from um, South Orange County. So I, I, I know all the fast oh. where the fast foods I know where all the raising canes in the universe are. <laughs> so wait, Abby, do you know where the where there is a Sonic in California? I actually don't because I try to avoid that place at all costs. <laughs> a personal preference. People say their drinks are good, but like, you know, they don't only serve drinks. So that doesn't do it for me. Yeah, it's not enough. They're not. Are they still on roller skates? I've not oh, seen no. roller skates in a long time yeah. at the Sonics. That seemed like a it's bad funny. business decision, even. <laughs> <back in there. laughs> mm-hmm. That's me. I don't be careful with that that um, chicken finger though around uh, our our friend here. Yeah, you know I I know uh, you he's know got, he's got sticky fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like I think they need... call him they call him Tarek the Tender Olson. To be clear, I... this guy's name is Tarek. I have to make, make something clear though. This guy's name is Tarek because his parents because the birth certificate got it was like a typo on the birth certificate. He was supposed to be Derek and right. the T got put in there. So just making that part of the lore. You know? Maybe one day he'll learn to just, you know, love his himself and his name for, for who he really is. He's a Tarek. He's never been a Derek. he's not not wrong (laughs) we're getting into some really deep stuff here and i think we need like some tunes and some tumblers for this ryan can you please put something on the jukebox all right we hacked the algorithm jukebox ai and forced it to play this one ep just kidding i hate that meme format today we are listening to (laughs) obby versus kato the latest ep from obby the nomad released in fall 2020 on undercurrent. Brown boy popping it and she gone crazy. You can't understand it, you looking real pasty. Came from the south side, dark and I'm daisy. I don't give a fuck about nothing but bakery. Amazing. 
And I think that we need a pairing to get this party started right. Pedro, what have you got stirred up for us? Happy the Nomad. I mean, it's all in the name, right? You've been to so many places. You've lived, you've been on such a journey. Um, so I wanted to get, first of all, I wanted to get, you know, some heritage and a little bit of history into this drink if I could. Um, so I was able to pull a little bit from, you know, India, a little bit from France, and then a little bit from LA. When, you know, I, I talked, I asked you a few questions and, and you gave me some really great answers. Um, and what I loved is this idea where, where you wanted to, sh- you, you said you wanted to show a side of you where that you could, you know, metaphorically beat somebody's ass just by rapping. And, and you wanted the listener to feel like they could harness that badass within themselves and, uh, what was it, fight a lion with their bare hands if they could. And I just, I loved that. I, I loved that as a, as a concept. Um, so I wanted this drink to be strong on several levels, and I wanted it to be fiery, um, and I wanted the ingredients to have, um, you know, at least some meaning with who you are. Um, but for the most part, I wanted this drink to just be fucking bold. So... What we have is bourbon, like you said, bourbon's usually your, that would be your favorite if you had to pick one. Um, so it starts with bourbon, and then I made a, a syrup with um, Indian turmeric and red chili uh, powder. So it's very spicy, it's got a little sweetness to it, so I threw that in there. Um, and then uh, some Lillette Blanc from France, obviously. A nice aperitif wine, it's sweet, but it's also got some tartness to it, it's nice and light. And then I wanted something from California, LA specifically, and one of our favorite uh, breweries is Golden Road, and they make a mango cart beer, which would go perfectly with these flavors. So I threw all, all of that together on some ice, and it is refreshing. It's got a lot of sweet flavor to it, but it is spicy as fuck, and it will, like, kick your ass. Um, so so it is it is super bold, and then I, I've, I actually put a picture of it in the chat if you want to check it out, um, see what it looks like. The color itself also very bold, and it's very, like, opaque. Um, you cannot see right through it at all. It's right in your face. And, uh, I garnished it with, um, just a little unripe mango just to, you know, for a little color contrast. Um, yeah, it's, it's delicious. Um, and I'm calling it an Abby's lion. Oh, I love that. It sounds, it sounds delicious. I, I, I wish I was there to try it in person. <laughs> I, I'll, I I'll have to come to Austin and mix it one day for you. Oh my God. That looks so good. <laughs> yeah, I just opened the picture. Yeah. It looks fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad you like. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, for anyone uh, who wants to try making it at home, you can adjust the spiciness as needed. It is very spicy, but it is so good. You got to watch out when you make it, though. The drink will fuck your bitch or steal your bitch in three languages. <laughs> it might. It might just do that. It might it'll, just do that. It'll say, "Pardon my French," and slap you across the face. Exactly. <laughs> I tried to keep up with y'all this week. I have mixed myself a bourbon Manhattan. Um, not quite as fancy, but at <laughs> least I'm trying to, uh, to, to, to get on your level. No White Claw this week. Um, <laughs> That's a level up. That's a level up. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, let's raise a glass, everyone, and get into it. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Cheers. 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 All right. So, Abby, I think I want to start at uh, the beginning here. So you are the nomad, like the nomad. And it seems to be kind of a lived reality for you. Uh, You've been all over. You've lived all over the globe. Um, So what made you decide to like take that as part of your identity as an artist? Because I feel like it's the one thing about me that, you know, every time I start a conversation with someone, like they end up asking where I'm from. And then we end up talking for like an hour about that because it's just so absurd and abstract and weird. 
it's very common amongst my circles growing up because I used to live with other parents and families of people who travel all the time because their parents are in the government and they get, you know, postings in different Mm -hmm. countries. So there's a whole community of them, of people like me, but it's really strange to, you know, regular humans, which is like the rest (laughs) of the world, because people grow up in a city, you know, maybe they move out of town for college, you know, maybe they go, you know, they got a high school reunion, they got friends from home that they've been friends with for, you know, I didn't have any of that. Um, My high school reunion, I would have to take a 24 hour flight in a whole different continent, um, in a different time zone, I skipped grades because I was skipping time zones. I skipped grades because I was skipping. I was I skipped whole semesters of school because of the hemisphere difference. The in in the southern hemisphere they start school in January to December. So and in here you do it from the summer to you know next summer or whatever it is. Uh, I don't even remember anymore. I've been out of school, <laughs> but my life is very different in those aspects. You know, so that that kind of uh, in a in a little in a little bit in a little way that kind of makes me what I am. It it is really just what I am at the at the core of it. I don't have a nation. I don't have a flag. I don't have a you know any of that stuff. I can't relate with any of that shit. Hmm. How does that carry over into the kind of music that you make? Whoa, hold on, my cat just fell. <laughs> Give me a second. No Drew, keep that in. <laughs> mm. This might be the first instance of a cat actually falling. Mm. They always just like land. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so sorry. They they knocked over a coffee table. Cam back. Um, All right. Shit. <laughs> All right. So the question was, um, how does that carry over into the type of music that you make? I think it carries over in the sense that I talk about things. Sometimes people may it, it may seem a little pedantic or a little you know like I'm in an ivory tower, but I talk about social issues whenever I can. And when I, whenever I do, I, I feel like I definitely have a more like Eastern or global perspective on those things. In the same way, sonically, I'm not really attached to a genre, the same way I'm not attached to a country or any sort of culture. I feel like I float in genres the way I've floated around the world, um, if that makes sense. So I'm kind of like nomadic with music in a, in a sense. And I, I think I remember something about your 2018 tour in support of Marbled. Uh, that was called American Alien, right? Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> the poster was so funny. I don't know if you if you saw if if anyone even any of my fans remember, but the poster was a like a Godzilla like uh, size of me, like <laughs> towering over like L.A. And then there was like a spaceship and like my cat was in, in my arms, like with laser eyes. <laughs> Just cat gun. Exactly. <laughs> That's amazing. I wish I, I mean, I, I wish I would have, uh, I would have seen the show back then. And of course, like there's a lot of shoulda, woulda, coulda nowadays, just because we've all been stuck in our homes for God, a year, fucking long year. Time. Long time. And that tour yeah. was crazy, dude. Like we, it was just me and my friend and a laptop, no band, mm-hmm. nothing, just me, my friend yep. and a laptop. And we stayed wow. at friends' houses wherever we could. We drove, rented a car for some of the spots and we just flew everywhere, which is really non-tour like. Yeah. How long was that tour? It's like a month long, month and a half. Um, only my re- most recent tour with the Modern Trash um album was was with a band and we had like a 
like a tour van which broke down as per usual <laughs> <laughs> but yeah things have changed now now you know we were supposed to tour last year clearly that didn't happen um and then we were you know we were hoping we could tour this year but you know i don't have much faith <laughs> You, there's probably been some sort of planning for like a tour this year, even if you don't have a date, right? Yeah, we have to like fake plan it. Like, I don't know how to, <laughs> I don't know how to describe what it is, but like basically, you put holds on like venues in the possibility that they're, you know, things open up and you can go play the shows there, mm-hmm. and then you prepare everything to go tour and like rally everyone up, and you're like, maybe that's what we did last year <laughs> we we're like dude maybe september maybe it's gonna, it's gonna be cool i think and then yeah. would you do, do you see yourself in um including the songs from this ep in like a tour i'd love to see totally. them mixed in with the totally yeah the catalog i feel like that would just go so ham live i like rapping yeah. on stage more than i do like singing because when i sing i have to like focus and like think about it but when i rap it's just i feel like it's more it's more natural for me so the cp that you just came out with uh you collaborated with Cato on the track uh for it was this something you had planned all along or was this kind of like a quarantine shift in in the plan quarantine shift um in the plan so what had happened was that eric my manager hit me up and said hey like this guy Cato wants to, you know, send you a beat pack. Um, and you know, I, I know his manager and then, um, you know, like Cato sent over a beat pack and I listened to it. And the first song I, I actually did with him was boppin the first track. Mm. on the EP. And yeah. so when I heard that beat, I was like, Oh hell yeah. And then, so I made like that whole song and this is just <laughs> a complete 180 from all the music I've been releasing for like a year and a half. <laughs> So my manager was like, this is tight, but what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) And then Kato sent over some like really smooth beats, like R&B beats. And I was like, no, I hate this shit. Like, please send me like the more aggressive stuff that makes you want to like murder people. And then he sent me all the rest (laughs) of it. And then he sent me like a thousand more beats. And I was like, hell yeah. And that dude, that dude is a genius. I don't know if you know, but Kato is, has now like, gotten a viral hit off of tiktok and we both started using tiktok at the same time and he has just a lot more of a disciplined mind and is and is very much so a genius and you know he's killing it right now you'll have to excuse me i'm an aging millennial here but what was the viral hit that he um has on tiktok uh there's a song where like like the there's like a you know a video pairing that goes with it that anyone can do it's like really simple and it's like a really cool beat and there's like this chick rapping over it and like you basically block your um camera with your hand like in accordance with the beat and when it pulls out you like wear something really hot or some shit i'm, I'm oh, probably the same yeah. age, you know and the song's like i'm so pretty and she liked me and yeah. yeah it's a tight song <laughs> I've seen a, that one. you know you yeah, i'm remembering i'm remembering moments at like 2:30 in the morning where i've yeah. definitely seen a few of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, a, it's a cool song and the yeah. beat knocks and you know he did this at some random chick like duetted with him on because he you know posted a tiktok like who who wants to rap over this and this chick duetted with him and then that duet audio from tiktok before it even was released anywhere or it, it was recorded properly went viral and they recorded that. it yeah that's fucking nuts that. that's crazy 
TikTok, man. He's absolutely insane. No. He seems like a really good partner for you because he does a lot of like, I love how kind of self-aware he is of the process too. Like there's a lot of mm-hmm. just, he's you can just tell he's having fun with the production. Like there's so many exactly. just fun, creative choices and like cutting in and out and like, yeah, he's, you, he's can, very, you can just tell. He's very yeah. wise. And I learned a lot of things from him just by working with him. And um, those are the type of people I like to work with is people that are just better than me. Because sometimes I'll, you know, I'll, I'll work with people who are, you know, awesome and fun and I can hang out with them and like, damn, like, I kind of want to go grab a drink with this guy. He's so cool. But then when it comes to the work, you know, the same, same sort of enthusiasm doesn't match that, you know, that chemistry that we have outside of the studio. Um, But the Mm. people, people like Cato, like for him, like when, when we talk, like it's, you know, like he, he's going to work every time he hit me up, like he'd follow up with me about verses. Like we knocked out that project. I'm not even kidding you in like three to four weeks, oh, shit. like mix to master. Wow. Like from scratch to master. When, okay. You, I, I know when, uh, when I say those questions, you send me some answers back. You mentioned that um, you wanted to challenge yourself to stick to rap um, yeah. for a little bit. Was that something you had already wanted to do or was it, sort of Cato's production that inspired you to like rise to that challenge? It was a bit of both. I, I always secretly want to just rap over everything, but <laughs> you know, I, I don't think everyone, not everyone is, is, is like me. You know, I, I listen to a lot of like Freddie Gibbs and stuff. I, I really love the art of rapping and I love, even if, you know, an entire album is just about selling cocaine. I'm like, all right, show me how you're going to sell Coke in the most. <laughs> like I'll fucking listen to all of this shit. But not everyone is is into that. Mm-hmm. And the reality is my strong suit when it comes to making my own songs, and my own production and stuff lies heavily in catchy melodies and, you know, uh, mixing genres. That, that's where I belong, really. But Cato's production allows me to kind of just focus on the writing aspect of it and just wrap my ass off, which, you know, I love doing. It's nice. always, always my favorite thing to do. I was going to mention, and and please allow me the space to gush a little bit, but, you know, I, I love that uh, you're able to genre hop almost effortlessly. Like, I'm a big fan of Somebody to Love and, uh, and Me No Evil, but I think, like, I, I get what you're saying here when... We, we look at just like your straight rap tracks, like Flush is a big one for me when I'm just like, oh, have you heard of Abby the Nomad? You got to listen to him. Let's listen to Flush. And I think it's like uh, that second verse where you like you're dropping a regular show um, reference, like oh, yeah, right yeah, next yeah. to an office <laughs> reference. And yeah. I, I guess I, I want to know, like. I want to know your process here in creating your raps. Is it more like you're in like if you've seen the movie soul, like you're kind of in your flow really, or is this like, yeah, this is not the first time we've talked about soul in this podcast. Dude, I watched it with, with all my discord members on like, we have movie nights every two weeks, like every Mm -hmm. Thursday night, we have movie nights where we just, I stream a movie and we all watch it together. We all cried like simultaneously. It was crazy. Anyways, back to the question. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, I guess I'm just wondering, like, your process in creating your raps, is it more like you're kind of, like, in your zone and it's just kind of, like, coming to you? Or, like, I guess my question is, like, how much thought goes into this? Um, the, the raps are, are extremely meticulous. It's more, it's more like, yeah, it does come to me naturally, like, the flows and stuff. But I rewrite 
verses so much that if you heard the first version of any of the songs I made, you'd be like, wow, he's garbage. (laughs) (laughs) I just refined that stuff down, like and down and down and down until every single line, like you won't ever hear me like put in like a filler thing. I I never want to like put in a filler bar and there's lots of people out there that do that and get away with it. Um, which is fine because no one really cares. But for myself, like I can never just, you know, like be like, and I'm the sickest. Like I can never just say that randomly, you know, (laughs) like every line has to like count towards the broader scheme of the song of the verse and then lead up to the hook, which also makes sense. And so it it takes a really fucking long time for me to, for me to write a full rap song. Usually it'll take Mm -hmm. like anywhere from like, like five to six hours for me to write a whole rap song. And you wouldn't know it from listening to it. Like a lot of these have like kind of a, a Kendrick Lamar cadence where it's just like one thing after another. And you just like have to repeat until you get like everything in there. Right. And I like doing that to people. I think it's because <laughs> I listen to a lot of Lupe Fiasco and he mm-hmm. Lupe just, you know, puts things in there that, you know, he knows are just going to fuck with your head. Like, what has he been talking about, you know? And you have to go look it up and you're like, oh my God, what? <laughs> I like creating those moments for people to, that, that really get into it to kind of, you know, but it's at the same time, you know, this is why it's so hard to write a really good rap song is because not only are you creating these, are you creating this deep, deep, like, you know, embedded substance, you're also making it sound good. Mm-hmm. So that making a lot of people can do either or. And the thing that makes Kendrick Lamar so fantastic is that he can do both simultaneously seamlessly. And I don't think I'm, I'm there yet, but I'm working towards it as much as I can. Um, if you look at any great examples, they, they, all, do, they all do the same. Uh, J. Cole, for example, um, I'd say Kendrick, probably Lupe Fiasco. I don't, I don't know. There's, there's a bunch I can name off, but that's the, that's the biggest question and the biggest obstacle of rapping is making it sound good and make it mean something at the same time. Mm. I've always said since I listened to it that To Pimp a Butterfly is simultaneously my favorite rap and favorite jazz album of, what was it, 2015? And I think like you, you kind of see that enmeshment of those two genres a lot in the I mean, I, I'm not going to uh, say that trap isn't good, but when we're talking about like really re- lyrical rap music, like you, you feel that it, 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 it takes you somewhere and you have to listen to it so many times to get it. Um, so, uh, I mean, this is kind of a really roundabout way of asking, like, when did you decide that rapping was like your, your primary form of expression as an artist? That's a great question. Um, I think I also agree about, Two Pimp, uh, Butterfly, it's fucking fantastic. Um, I think the person that was the segue for me from rock music, which is what I used to primarily listen to, um, to hip hop was probably Kanye West. I think Kanye um, was a like a gateway drug for the for the world at the time. Right after Fifty Cent, G Unit, and the whole Bling era, kind of like made it which i really loved what made it really hard for a lot of people to listen to hip-hop because it focused on materialism and you know violence and you know a lot of things that people found to be a little you know absurd and over the top kanye found a way to rap about everyday shit and everyday things that people can think and relate to 
and made it sound so good that it won 13 Grammys. And so, you know, I when I first heard a Kanye song, I was like, I don't know what I'm listening to right now, but I want to be this. I want to ask the same question or well, kind of the same question of, of Pedro and, and Ryan, like and not like when did you start rapping, but when did you start? Well, <laughs> when did you start um, like really getting into hip hop? I'm the youngest of four siblings. Um, my sisters were already like in high school by the time I was like four or five. I spent a lot of time around them. And so I was listening to whatever they were listening to. And they listened to like a lot of Snoop Dogg, Warren G. Um, so like the Chronic album, yes, um, all, all that kind of shit. Like that was like, they were, they really introduced me to hip hop and rap. And like, I still love those songs to this day. And it wasn't until later where I actually, you know, listened to what they were saying. I was like, it's even better <laughs> now that I get what's going on. Um, so yeah, my sisters, shout out to sarah and liz they would they would uh be pretty happy to know that i that i referenced them about that shout out to them yo <laughs> yeah they were they were amazing as far as my musical education i definitely got into rap i mean i i remember like some of the first stuff i heard but that didn't really make that didn't grab me so much i think there was like a weird summer where i heard where i happened to hear peg by steely dan for the first time um weirdly through someone who was younger than me um <laughs> which is bizarre um, and then happened to hear the De La Soul song that samples that uh, song. Um, I I know, I think is what it's called. And that when I discovered kind of like sampling and kind of how much, how deep some of it went, that's when I got kind of excited about it and got more interested. And so, yeah, that was probably the gateway De La Soul. Wow. Classic. All your guys' answers are so cool. And I feel like I'm going to disrupt <laughs> that really quick. Uh, but I'm going to go by the mantra of Atwood editor uh, Nicole Almeida, who said there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. Um, when I realized I could first get into hip hop is when I listened to Macklemore's Thrift Shop. <laughs> oh, God. So, that's so recent. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, no, I, I <laughs> what you got to understand about me is that I've been playing catch up from the time that I was 13. Like I did not listen to music at all before like my adolescence, except for like country music and like my parents' Forrest Gump soundtrack. So like I, he was in the I, Warren Jeffs cult. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish it were so simple, Ryan, um, or at least that I had something to blame it on, but like, for a while, I just listened to like alternative rock. And I think like when Macklemore started getting like radio play on the, on the, uh, the radio stations I was listening to, and I thought the song was so fun and like the lyricism, you know, is really corny, but also like you love to listen to it again and again. And I had like these moments listening to that song where I was just like, wait a minute, I could really like this genre. And from that, I like started branching out. I started listening to the roots and I started listening to De La Soul, Kanye and 50 cent. Like I got really into the bling era that you were talking about. And uh, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it was because like some white guy like was safe <laughs> enough to play on, on these, uh, these rock stations I was listening to. I mean, that's, I think Macklemore is a great place to start um, or was a great place to start because Seattle has a, has a great scene. And I, I do, I do like, a you know, a, at least two of Macklemore's projects, I think, I think are 
really good. I liked the album that that was on. I didn't even mind the song when it came out. I just hated that it got memed to death. I think that's what ruined mm-hmm. it for everyone because mm-hmm, everyone right. just started memeing it. Um, but I think it's a good song, you know? Mm-hmm. Can you imagine yeah. if it came out now in the TikTok era? Oh, my oh God. God. Would have been Harlem Shaked. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, another one. Oh, wow. <laughs> this was like the start. Like, Harlem Shake was proto-TikTok. Stop giving people right. ideas, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you kids. <laughs> like, I'm going to be... I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be old, hunched over with my cane. I'm like, you kids didn't even see the Harlem Shake. (laughs) Sit down, old man. (laughs) Vine was the first TikTok. Let's get you to bed, Grandpa. (laughs) I think I posted that on Twitter recently where I was just like, Vine was proto-TikTok. In this essay, I will. (laughs) (laughs) It's absolutely true. It's the shortest essay ever written. (laughs) I feel like you would have been really good on Vine, Abby. Did you have one? Did you make videos? No, I just watched Vine. I thought it was hilarious. I yeah. really, I really hate filming myself, which is why I find I have a lot of trouble getting into TikTok. Because when I stare at like, I'm just like looking at my camera and it's just my reflection. And I'm just like <laughs> in my room alone. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? dude? <laughs> Like when, and then like there's like these these kids are confident as fuck you know some of them mm-hmm. are really creative some of the TikToks are hilarious and then you'll see the ones where it's just like you know some like like chatty ass like white dude and he's just like and he has like some caption in it and oh, I'm like God. bro <laughs> yeah. how do you do this by yourself it's crazy I can't I can't I can't I can't well do it. in that case he's the only one that matters in his life so he's fine hey you do your <laughs> thing boy <laughs> yeah. Go get your money, girl. I always love that. They just like smolder into the camera and then it's something like supposed to be really inspirational in the caption. Yeah. Like, don't let this world get you down. I'm like, you're a, you're a king. <laughs> Look, motivational posters on the wall of tax auditors paved the way for those videos. <laughs> the, right. hang in there, the hang in there kitten is your grandfather. <laughs> wow. We're getting close to the end of our talk, but I kind of want to rewind a little bit to the uh, American Alien Tour, if we can, for a minute, because I was reading a little bit about your South by Southwest performance earlier that year and about how your residency in the U.S. was in jeopardy during that whole thing. And I think like I missed like the uh, the bridge between the crisis and the resolution. So Maybe you could fill us in, like what happened between then and the start of your tour? Um, yeah, it was a pretty uncertain time. It was kind of like it was kind of like rolling the dice, you know. Um, we did all those South by shows, and I wasn't getting paid for those, which is why I was able to do them. Um, I was on a student visa here. I was going to Austin Community College, and I was studying graphic design which, you know, I'm pretty proficient in graphic design already. So it was, it was an okay experience for me. Going to class wasn't hard. Passing tests wasn't hard. So I had a way to stay in the United States and be with my now wife, uh, then girlfriend. You know, we could stay here safely. I could continue to pursue music. And then South By comes by and Marble drops. Marble drops in February 9th, 2018. And then South By is in March. So I get to tour the album basically at South By. And right when it dropped, I got the craziest amount of press I've ever gotten in my life. Mind you, I'd never seen a fan before at a show pre-2018. So I do a, which is crazy to think about. 
uh, with so South by Southwest comes around. We do all these shows. Random people start showing up. And I'm like, yo, who are these people? And they come over after the show to try to talk to me and take pictures with me. It's a wild experience. First time I've had that experience. Um, and then we apply for the talent visa, which is, um, you know, like a special visa that they give to artists and entertainers and people who are, you know, experts in their field or whatever you want to call it. Um, and we make it because of all the press surrounding the album, the number of streams that uh, came from the album, all the responses at South by Southwest, all the articles that were published about my shows at South by Southwest, um, people covering the, you know, the topic of my visa issue and in, in articles actually helped my visa issue. And then uh, we submitted all of that as evidence as I'm, you know, sort of, you know, I belong here. Look at my streams. I've been doing this. I've been playing shows. We have plans to tour in the fall. And the American government was like, all right, here you go. And that, that wow. was, you know, I was in class when I got that email. So I walked outside and, you know, I had to, I had to call Sarah and I was like, we fucking got it. <laughs> <laughs> it was so tight. Yeah. It was a, it was a, it was an awful time right before I dropped my album and it was the best of times right after I dropped it. It was crazy. Wow. Confluence. Well, I'm glad you made it. <laughs> Yeah, me too. A little sad. <laughs> yeah, and we got some more great music out of that. Speaking of which, I think I saw something about like the album you were working on before, you know, COVID hit. Yeah. And yeah, and I, I was looking at your uh, Instagram yesterday and it looks like we got a song from that dropping really soon. Is that right? Uh, yes, um, sort of. I can't tell you. That's okay. <laughs> but... But the, but it's done. The project is done. Um, so it's being ma it's being mastered right now. Uh, that's that's what we're waiting on. And it can't really. Uh, but but it is a project I was working on during quarantine. And I had released a few loose singles of uh, um, loose singles before the Abi vs Kato project, like three of them. And you know those were the direction in which we were going to take the project and everything. But since those came out, since Abi vs Kato, since we realized that you know um everyone wants to go outside and sneeze at each other for 18 months <laughs> <laughs> things have changed and you know the, the fans are getting uh you know brand new music you know uh it's 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 amazing it's the best work i've done so far and very 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 proud of it mm. well look for that is it still called abby versus the universe shit it might be <laughs> we're going back to that maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all right well one more question before we switch gears and it kind of relates back to you as a nomad the nomad the more i thought about it the more i kind of came to this realization that home isn't necessarily a place it can be like the people you're with or like a state of mind or like what makes you feel most you. So I want to open this up to the group. What or where makes you feel most at home? You guys go first. Being with Gerald Highwater and his Costco shack behind the bar. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I always feel most at home with um, whenever I'm with like my closest friends, wherever we're at, whatever we're doing, like that's always my biggest comfort zone i'd say miss that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah me and the boys at the jimboree that's where i feel most at home um probably actually amoeba music was probably the place 
in Hollywood. I think they're planning to reopen, but that original location always felt right for some Dude, reason. Dude, I drove by it the other day, um, and they have that taken or... down the letters. I, I felt a certain way looking at that. Mm. I heard about that closing down. Yeah, it was, it was odd, because they were planning to reopen, I think, before the pandemic, and then the pandemic hit, and then they couldn't kind of have the blowout party or whatever and big sale. So they were struggling to kind of like pay the workers and it was a huge mess, but apparently they're going to reopen soon. So fingers crossed. Um, Hopefully maybe. Yeah. And when, whatever takes, whatever takes over, whatever location takes over the original location, it'll probably be like a high rise, just insufferable apartment complex. (laughs) I'll be an old man going in there and yelling about what it used to be. Look out for that. Like, you're gonna be 80 something walking in trying to buy records <laughs> <laughs> you know yep. it's funny ryan the last time i went in there was with you uh we had i forget what we had just done but we met up and we went into um amoeba and i bought gets gilberto do you remember that at all it was oh like yeah yeah february, I do remember that. it was february 2020 and i was like man is this place is awesome uh, yeah, that that uh, Brazilian guitarist. It was he's amazing. He's passed away yeah. recently, I think. Oh no! Yeah, but yeah, like a year or so ago. One one of my one of my favorite jazz records. Um, was able to pick it up, and then that place closed. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Yeah. Um. So for me, I mean, I'm gonna fall back on uh something I mentioned last episode, but. I feel so comfortable walking the shelves of the Iliad in North Hollywood, the secondhand bookshop. <laughs> I sometimes go there just by myself, or I used to before the pandemic. <laughs> before they asked you to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, you can't live here. <laughs> Anthony, no, I, Anthony, get out. <laughs> I'm, I'm just like, they, they usher me out with the rest of the rats. No, um, <laughs> but yeah, I just sometimes... I just need to get away. I walk through those shelves. I wait until like I see a cover that grabs me and then I'll just go and sit in these couches that they have at the back and I'll just like sit there for half an hour reading and it is the most cozy I ever feel. And it's not even necessarily mm-hmm. with somebody. Like I can be with somebody. I've taken plenty of dates there. I've taken this my staff, current partner this there. The break room. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? It works for me. But yeah. Uh, nice. If you're ever in the Valley, listeners, um, check out the Iliad. Uh, I think they are still open, but they don't encourage you staying and reading during a pandemic. Makes it's sense. Frowned, it's frowned upon. It's frowned upon. Yeah. Also, I just want to mention that even though I said I wouldn't drink White Claw this episode, I ran we out all, of my drink. We all I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> we've, been, we've been new. <laughs> That's great. All well, right, Abby, you, Abby. I would say home for me really is very people oriented home for me is really anywhere that i'm with my wife we actually just we actually got married <laughs> during quarantine <laughs> so nice we're, congratulations thank you we've been we've been together for a really long time and you know my parents live in new delhi right now and my sister lives in the netherlands so Shit. You know, we're kind of spread out a little bit all over the globe. So home for me really is the closest thing I have is is my wife and my my two little kitty cats. Mm. Austin, Texas really does feel like home, though. Um, I don't know if you've ever been here, but the food is out of this world. God, it's so yeah. good. Yeah. And they have canes. So at least three locations. <laughs> oh, wow. 
Hobby yeah, has, is uh, is Lala still there? Do you know this player? What the is bar Lala? with the? Oh, Lala! Yeah, 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 yeah. Christmas lights all year round. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I've been there. Yeah, I've been once. I think I remember. <laughs> I went for South by Southwest uh, on behalf of the college radio station I worked at, and I was underage and still managed to have the best time of my life. Damn. And I remember trying to talk my way into a place, and I was like, "All right, this will be easy. Just turn on the charm." Meanwhile, I had like two giant black X's on my um, <laughs> the back of my hands. <laughs> so that was fun. Good times. Good times. Good times. Yeah, all right. Good times. But do y'all want to have better times right now? Please. <laughs> I think, I think it is time to play oh. our favorite game. Hashtag mood. Hit that theme song. As always, we have to thank Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty for for gifting us with that amazing theme song. Thank you guys. But Hashtag Mood is a game we like to play at the end of every show to flex our playlist-making muscles. What we're going to do right now is bring back uh, the OG, the unstoppable, the amazing Mrs. Potts. Uh, So, Abby, uh, this is Mrs. Potts, if you can see her. Uh, She was created at a uh, Color Me Mine somewhere in the San Fernando Valley, and Ryan rescued her from the garbage heap of history. To Damn. serve as the arbiter of moods she, within her. She's thick. She, <laughs> absolute dump truck. <laughs> she has better self-esteem than all of us. But within Mrs. Potts are all of the moods submitted by ourselves, our previous guests, and our friends. And we are going to pull one from the great, great before time to read and to pair a, uh, a playlist with. Each of us will have a turn to pick one song to go with it. Ryan, do you want to do the honors? Reach in there and grab us a mood. Yeah, you got it. This one just says, save the cows. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Mrs. Potts, Mrs. Potts has spoken. We must save the cows. I'm, I'm, with, the, I'm with it. I'm with it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> uh, Ryan, why don't you take this one away? The first one that came to mind for me was, <clears throat> excuse me, <laughs> that red pepper uh, from the drink, a song by an artist called Green Jelly. Green Jelly had a hit in the 90s called The Three Little Pigs. I don't know if you guys remember that. <laughs> they were kind of like a trash alt-rock band. The opening to the album that that's on is called Obey the Cow God. And I think we have to... <laughs> put that there the, the only way forward is to obey the cow god there's no other way really you can't there's not much you can do i think unless you are obeying him or her so that's the opening to 93's serial killer soundtrack by green jelly nice pedro you want to go next sure <laughs> i chose a song called space love and bullfighting by havelina from like it's like from 2002 it's this rock song it's weird as fuck but there's a line in it that made me think of like maybe some PETA members getting together to try and stop this thing from happening there's like 
I heard about the bullfights that happened somewhere last night. They're going to go get those bulls. They're going to go save those fucking bulls. It's a weird song, but I like it. I really, I'm intrigued. <laughs> what do you got, Abby? I was going to do Move by Doja Cat. Oh, this is why, yeah. this is, this want, is why I didn't all, choose I it. Yeah, I, don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to, I don't want to pick that. I don't want to pick that. Everyone knows that song. And it, honestly, it's, you know, it's, it's all right. It's a meme. Um, I'm going to pick Planet Earth by my friend Kari. It's K-H-A-R-Y. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal he's on Boppin'. Yeah. Phenomenal rapper. Great musician. And the song's about, you know, the earth. And you know what's on the earth? Fucking cows. So there you go. <laughs> Hell yeah. Perfect. Good oh, one. my God. So I had mine picked out, but as everyone talked, it shifted to one thing and then the other. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you what I have landed on, and then I'm going to tell you the journey that I went on. Um, so after Abby spoke, I have to go with Earth by Lil Dicky, um, <laughs> where the okay. album art is him naked and hugging the Earth, because this is how we're going to save the cows. With a little help from everyone, how's it going? I'm a cow, moo. You drink milk from my tits, moo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but before then, uh, the first thing I wanted to do was Help is on the Way by Rise Against, because... <laughs> I like that band. Yeah, I, I don't know what they're doing nowadays, but they, they, they used to be like the last mainstream punk band to really like marry... Uh, socially conscious issues with mm-hmm. mainstream music and then i moved to after pedro spoke hats off to the bull by chevelle <laughs> nice <laughs> uh, another I, I don't have guilty pleasures i need to remember that i don't have guilty pleasures um <laughs> from from a band i uh affectionately call uh tool light <laughs> wow but anyway i don't know I've, I've seen chevelle live with a giant bull like a giant metal bowl with like it, it was the, the the what was it the greek torture device where like they light the fire underneath it and it's like you're supposed to throw somebody in there and it smokes from the uh from the nostrils am i getting too dark but that's like that's tor- what they had on stage that's a, that's a torture device sounds yeah like a, so sounds like a kink that <laughs> was like my friday night yeah <laughs> anyway I'm, I'm throwing all that out it's just earth by little dicky nothing else matches this mood quite like it <laughs> i could have sworn someone was gonna pick meat is murder by the smiths ah! <laughs> That's a good one. look we don't need to give morrissey any of our time truly truly, truly. you're right you're right yeah you're right. that guy yeah yeah that guy sucks you're right i don't like shit talking musicians but fuck more he's hard he's hard to defend for sure yeah um you heard it here folks you heard it here not first but probably the millionth time (laughs) what's really amazing is how people keep booking him despite the fact that he's canceled like 90 percent of the shows that he's booked and people keep booking him it's yeah. amazing you know it's an identity at this wild. point it's a brand yeah it's a brand so it's, a, it's brand wild how the shit <laughs> oh well i i don't want to leave this show on on a morrissey <laughs> note so let's go to last call the lights are coming on we got to down our drinks and if we're drunk enough, maybe the person next to us looks just good enough to, like, you know, finish the night off with. Uh, so what, oh before, 
Before we leave, are you gonna eat them? Have... What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got we gotta save the cows. There's only one option. You're right. You're right. Hold on, meat is murder, everyone. <laughs> so what? Are, what are some lingering thoughts we oh, have? It's human. Home is where raising canes is. That's my lingering <laughs> thought. That's good. I was gonna go with fuck the IRS. I don't know why my brain just jumped there, but hey, fuck the IRS, yo, yo, fuck <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Tis the season to pay the IRS. Yeah, I feel like I I feel like they're probably so nice outside of the office. But if I ever meet one of you in in person, you know, I'm not I'm not giving you directions. I'm not having any small talk with you. I won't tell you where the bathroom is. You know, I hope you run into every minor inconvenience there is to be had. <laughs> that is a. They're like that is a beautiful curse. They're like, like 100% the people who do not tell you they work like their real job. Yeah, no, totally. They're like, yeah, I work in finance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I, uh, I run a dry cleaner. So there is this guy who follows the pod. His name is Rocky Patera, and he makes amazing, hilarious music. And one of his songs that I love is called I'm an Accountant. And it's the the whole it's it's like fifty seconds long, and it's just about him not wanting to admit to people that he's an actor. So he's created like this whole thing where like I'm an accountant. I work at a place where accountants work. Like, <laughs> I'm definitely not an actor. <laughs> I love. There's something that I kind of stumbled upon with with some of your stuff, Abby. I was um, my favorite song on the EP is Boppin' just because it it goes too hard. And um, there's a line that Kari says about going Chuck to the Norris, which I thought was really funny. (laughs) But that was a good, an amazing line because he sort of, that came out. And then one of your songs is in Walker, the new show. Is Um, it? it... Oh, wow. (laughs) I thought it it was. Your song, Run. And now some calls are getting made. Wait, really? (laughs) Wait, did like somebody, did your licensing people like place you and not tell you? (laughs) Maybe. Shit. That might be true. Well, um, if if that's real, that's the most amazing coincidence that's happened to me. Well, the thing, (laughs) the thing just aired and these things, I mean, you know, they, things fall out all the time or whatever, but yeah, there's this new Walker reboot of Walker, Texas Ranger. No way. Guys from. I used to watch uh, that. Vampire Diaries? It's it's I think it's one a guy from that show. One of the leads is the new Walker. I, I swear to Ranger. God, like Vampire Diaries, Gossip Girls, like were they all not just one show? Are we sure that we're just <laughs> not making it up that they were all different shows? Yes. Oh my God! What is, what is this? <laughs> they're, all the, they're all the same show. One hundred percent. They're all the same it's... show. <laughs> and I think that that's a great transition to plugs. Abby, what have you got for us coming up? Uh, yo. New merch is up and it's extremely comfortable. You can cook in it, you can sleep in it, you can definitely poop in it. Uh, from firsthand <laughs> experience, all these experiences are fantastic with the new marbled merch. It's only up till March, and we got new music coming out very, 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 very soon. Also, if you've never heard of me, uh, it, here I am, and my name is Abby, and you can only hear me, so I'm very brown and I'm an Indian man. If you didn't know, I'm just describing myself right now. I have a beard. I'm very attractive. Follow me on all socials. I'll be the nomad. <laughs> Thank you. Oh. Susan Tumblr approves all that. <laughs> it's all true. 
I think I speak for all of us when I say that this has been a genuinely fun <laughs> recording session. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been a great, great time. way. This has been a great way to end a week, even <laughs> though time doesn't exist anymore and we're caught in a Palm Springs style uh, circular hell. It's the worst, it's the worst style of circular hell. <laughs> it's even worse because we don't get to spend it with Andy Samberg, but you know. Uh, at least we got to spend a little part of it with you. So thank you. Pleasure, guys. Pleasure. Thank you for having me on. This has been a great time. Everyone stay safe, wear a mask, and don't talk when you need to, when you don't need to. Shut the fuck up. And I love you all. And thank you for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast. Be sure to like the show and Atwood on every platform. Also, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps us out so much. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Franzblau when his laptop is plugged in. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. Our hashtag mood jingle comes to us from Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty. We are off next week, but we will be back March 2nd with a fresh batch of episodes for your listening pleasure. And as a little teaser, we have booked some big guests. Not as great as Avi, but they will be pretty good. <laughs> and until yeah. next time, cheers. 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 Game time. Fuck, I'm waiting on a fame rise. Could have bought the same plane ticket. Yeah, I ride it with. I took a train ride. Never had to look for it, just a hook for it. Shit, I had the same line. Shit, they couldn't even spell the name right. Why the fuck would they give me the FaceTime? Cutting every branch of the grapevine.